This is the one with an electrifying game of chess. Sandwich-stealing pterodactyls. Churchill's personal mammoth. And River Comes Twice. It's called The Wedding of River Song. Here we go! Whistle on our epic phrase. All through time and all through space. Whistle being an angel's hour. Dalek cyber zoo and wow! Counting Sonic's rating apps. From the poor to the sublime. Eccleston to Whittaker. Let's agree it's about time. Who back when? Reviewing on you who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and rate on iTunes, please. Rose and Donna. Amy Pond. Rory Clara. And beyond. Join, Join us on this side to see what other choice could there be. But who back when? Who back when? Ladies and gentlemen of Podcastland, and welcome to an extra special edition of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Or dog pass. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, um, this is N087, the... Wedding of River Song! There's more ceremony than she got. And your host for this evening and the only participant is myself, Marie, because... I've got a feeling that I've, other people are going to say negative things that I don't want them to, because in my mind, this is the perfect episode, so we're just going to leave it there. Marie, Marie, Thanks Marie. Thanks for listening. Marie, 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 Marie. <laughs> Hi. I'm here too. No. Oh. I'll, I'll provide you with a safe space. Are you? Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Thanks, Drew. Drew's also with us today. Nice. And by the way, it's a podcast. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Did I say that? I said that. Yeah, you said that. I think we should cut anyone who said anything else and who isn't here out. I only heard podcast. Yeah. 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 Right. Anyone else got positive things only to say? I got positive things to say. Yeah, you do. Come on then. Join the club. Yeah. Who am I? Who are you? I'm, I'm Jim. Jim. Yeah. Oh, I think I'm Jim. <laughs> <laughs> it's Jim, everyone. Hello. Yeah, hello. Jim. hello. <laughs> wait, wait. What am I doing here? What's going on? Who am I? I don't know. This rando. Can't get rid of him. Hi there, everyone. I'm Leon. <laughs> I, I also have some positive things to say about this episode. Yay! <laughs> That's yeah. What proportion of positive things? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he got you with the legalese. <laughs> Fine print. <laughs> Time for us to synopsize, clarify and summarize. So take a view and grab a brief and listen to this overview, this free for all. We like to call a bicycle of who. In Holy Roman Emperor Winston Churchill's Britain, it's always 5.02 o'clock somewhere. Lucky for Winnie, he has a soothsayer he can call upon to regale him with crazy stories about a world when time used to work and wasn't disintegrating the fabric of reality. When the silence show up to cut short this hirsute hobo's shaggy dock stories, secret agent Amy Pond and her captive Captain Williams get this garrulous geezer to geezer. (laughs) The doctor's ready to call it quits. And River's poised to sacrifice it all for her marriage. Only a wedding can save the life of the Doctor, the universe, and everything. Please go over, you are welcome. Aren't you just? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Quiet. So who loved this episode? Me! Woo! Me? Yeah. Also Jim. Yeah. (laughs) I rather enjoyed it too. (gasps) I did. Yeah, I've written a rating in here and everything, and it's pretty high. Nice. I look forward to the three of you lowering it over the course of the next hour. (laughs) I have no intention to lower anything. (laughs) (laughs) Okay then. So where do you want to start? And why did you love this episode? What was so incredibly special about this? Just every time River spoke, I just wanted to cry. It just, it actually did bring me to tears i think a couple of times and yeah really i just got very very emotional <laughs> i don't know oh wow yeah i Jim? can i can back that up she did <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is just hype oh my goodness wow drew well i wasn't quite moved to tears but i i appreciate that she had some nice heartfelt pretty lines sure pretty lines. she had an awesome speech all right which yeah. one jim well 
about saving the doctor, like taking him over the universe. Oh, oh, Jim, like, you'll make me cry again. Don't start. Yeah. Me. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that was well. Was that even a line? Was was it was a word? It's like, will it mean more to you than every other being in the universe? And she's like, I I don't truck with utilitarianism. <laughs> I don't truck with you. I have no truck with utilitarianism. Oh. Is that a word? <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought you would have gone with beef. I beef with utilitarianism. has no beef with utilitarianism. Yeah, true. <laughs> no, she has a beef she with She has it. a beef, point. sorry. <laughs> I liked this from the start. I loved the incredibly ridiculous Roman or Holy Roman Empire yeah. with Emperor Churchy and cars attached to balloons and just and the trains coming through the dirt gherkin and the exactly. a steam hot train. air balloons yeah I, it was it, I, I loved all that stuff fantastic. It, it was fantastic and, and we I mean we get to see Dickens he returns mm. just for a little cameo we get to see uh, some Roman centurion just hanging out on the streets Silurians a Dalek shows up quite soon in not the, just like, Silurians a previous Silurian Malachi. It's a doctor, isn't it? Oh, you're yeah. right. Or yeah. whatever he was called. Yeah, <laughs> was it, it was Malachi, yeah. yeah from right. Cold Blood. Mm. Indeed. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I didn't think about that. But I loved just the somewhat absurd and possibly even sort of classic levels of silliness, of timey-wimeyness. You know, this wasn't just Matt Smith wobbly. This was fucking crazy bananas. Yeah, yeah this really was fun. everything happening all at once. Yeah, but that can so easily be cheesy and garbage, but it wasn't. Yeah. I think, for some reason, cars being carried by hot air balloons bothered me. Oh. <laughs> I actually didn't care about a train going through the, the gherkin. But, and I liked, I liked kind of the rest of it. Like, it was a bit of a silly one-liner about Winnie having his own personal mammoth or whatever it was. I missed that. Yeah, I missed that too. <laughs> but I, I, I just got swept up in it as well, but they were just having a lot of fun by it. I love that, like, do not feed the pterodactyl side yeah, of the exactly. park. Yeah, <laughs> That was really yeah. fun. Yeah. It's, Carl's, a, it's a good setup. Cars being dragged under blues makes perfect sense. They have better suspension than wicker, and they're less flammable. Mm. But a two-ton box of metal <laughs> versus, versus, like, some light thing that doesn't have mechanics? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, fair enough. Minor, minor <laughs> picky point. <laughs> Is that the best you've got, Jim? Why, why well, wasn't this everyone was travelling around in hot air balloons being dragged by cars? Yeah, I, I could buy that more. <laughs> <laughs> That's picturesque. Yeah, it's true. I, I might just whip through, because I've literally got, like, two negative things. Oh. So that was one of them. Like, that's how minor they are. <laughs> the other one, it, it might be a biggie, but we'll, we'll probably just brush it aside. So they can't still decide what the silence is. They explicitly refer to the silence as a religion and the species of people that creatures you forget about no they said explicitly said they're not a species it is a religious order yeah but then they name the species they yeah they exactly. call them directly the, the, the men in black dudes they yeah. are the silence yeah, but why can't they be the religious order there may there may be some of those men in black dudes out there that aren't part of the religious order that are just chilling out and living life and not attacking people so you- and, and constantly forgetting uh, uh, like I can't think of anything fun to say <laughs> about like, classification. Like, really? like their rela- their relationships are just crumbling because they're always home late. Oh, I forgot to do this. Oh no, I forgot about our anniversary. Oh no, Wait, you know, it's a- there's a sitcom in it. <laughs> 
Yeah, sure, um, they can remember each other. But are you also, in that case, suggesting that Kavarian, for example, she's, is she a silence? She's sonibus? a silent because she's part of the silence. But that doesn't make sense then. So what? Why? What are the Men in Black? Should I reclassify them on the Vindic? Should we not call them the Silence? They are the religious order of the Silence, who all happen to be of the same species. No, but you said Kavarian is also a Silence, and yeah, she's not the well, same species. No, and exactly. What do you mean exactly? <laughs> in, in <laughs> she should just be hanging out in the background. <laughs> yeah. yeah, put her in the photo, and then it's solved. Yeah, with their arms round, you know, a pair of them. <laughs> so what do we do when we come across an episode where one of the Men in Black dudes has forgotten where he put his keys? <laughs> Uh, what They're are not we... just really forgetful people. But <laughs> <laughs> you've misunderstood. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, no, I'm repurposing them for this sitcom. But <laughs> okay, fine, 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 fine. Okay, wait. So this was the negative. So silence has changed meanings. To me, it seemed as though they had said the silence, or the doctor himself says, "Oh, the silence was my death." That's what they're talking about. It's sort of this prediction that he is going to die. Well, this is what this is why they said this is why they became known as the silence. So he said, "I'd always understood the silence to be this species or this religious ah, order, but now it kind of okay. clarified and said the silence is my silence. Like once the doctor is dead, Has maybe the silence will be disbanded. There's no need for this religious order anymore." Okay. Yeah. The doctor literally ordered their genocide and asked questions later. <sighs> Doc, he did. They were very scary, though. They are still very scary. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the Doctor should have a higher fear threshold, to be honest. <laughs> Otherwise, we're all for it. Fair point. <laughs> so that's it, Jim. Untrammeled enjoyment from here on in. The last thing is just the whole ending is the question being Doctor Who. That was my, that was my negative. I did write a negative. It's just such a build-up to yeah. the what is the question. And you're there racking, like, racking your brain thinking, what could this question possibly be? It's got to be something phenomenal. Yeah, and hiding in plain sight. And hiding in plain sight, yeah. And, and how can they ever answer this? And then the fact that it's Blue Head Guy. Dorian Maldivar. Dorian. Yes. Oh, my old friend Dorian from OxCon. The fact that it's him <laughs> just, just shouting out Doctor Who as the Doctor runs Doctor out. Who. Like, is that the question? Is it just saying, I'm not yeah. finished talking to you, come back. <laughs> I thought that, yeah, isn't that established in this one? Isn't it established that like now Doctor Who has, as a title, it now has a completely new meaning. It is the, that's, that's what it refers to. That's what it's referred to for 50 plus years. Well, no, actually at this point, just under 50 years. Yeah, the question mark is silent. Exactly. Mm. Sorry, it, it, backtracking super duper briefly, I've looked up the silence on TARDIS Wikia. The religious order is called the silence, which includes Madame Kavarian and someone called Tasha Lem. That might be from no- novels or whatever. But the, um, the genetically engineered priests, who are the men in black chaps, are called the silents. No, oh, aren't they? Come on. As a, 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 a silent. They're not priests. They're not the genetically... That's what they refer to here, genetically... Aren't is that the, that's not the headless monks. Formerly, monks and priests are very different. All oh right, sorry. <laughs> they really have never struck me as like them being priest like. They though. okay, yeah. So here, <laughs> have they you true? You've got more experience with priests than I do, surely. Some apparently this is established later on in the time of the Doctor. They were the confessional priests, also known as silence. They were so genetically engineered by the church to allow people to confess their sins without remembering doing so. <sighs> yeah. But then, what would you get? What's the point in confessing if you can't remember? <laughs> yeah, you just turn around and go right back in again. Exactly. Where was I? Oh, time to commit more I'll than... just leave. I've already heard this stuff. I was on my way to confession, but, but it's dark. <laughs> <laughs> and where are my car keys? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you guys. You were talking about Dorian Maldivar and the question of Doctor Who, etc. Oh, just, it's, it's just, yeah, it's a bit lame. 
Did you like it, Drew? Well, I sort of like it. I think in the vast history of Doctor Who, we can go down this route once. Okay. The problem is when Moffat has other people say Doctor Who in an unrelated context, or just keeps hammering it home. Mm. I like that. Oh, I see. <laughs> I enjoy the occasional Doctor Who joke. And I don't mind the Doctor Who being, like, that's the the ultimate answer here in this episode. But I think later on in New Who, Moff takes this to even a higher level where anyone who knows the Doctor's name can either, like, rule the universe in whatever way. Like, it has power of the TARDIS. I can't remember what it is. I sort of remembered that. And they, they kind of tease you with that about the him telling River his name. Yeah. And I'm, I'd sort of remembered that, the first time he meets her and she's trying to convince him that I know you and you should trust me. She, she knows his name. She knows his name. That's what she, that's the thing she tells him to win his trust. And then I think, I think at that point you think, you don't know explicitly, but you think that there's, they're going to be married because that's the time when she would tell him their name. So you kind of always know how the story's going to end. I feel like at that point it's Tennant, right? And Tennant yeah. even says like, well, the only person I would ever yeah. tell. Yeah. That's the point where he should have told her and he doesn't tell her then. So when does he tell her? Or does she say to him, look into my eyes? <laughs> she just hypnotises him. Yeah. Or there's a, there's a teeny tiny river in there as well. <laughs> He's waving frantically. No, it's, it's the river and an older version of a doctor just going at it. <laughs> just eyeballing away. <laughs> It'd be fantastic. Sorry, ruined that one. <laughs> Next point. Yeah, sorry. But yeah, because she's really, she's really young when she says that to him, and it never made sense how she would know. Why would she know his name at that point? When no, you mean I don't know what in the the first episode when she, in yeah. the library, Sons in the library. Yeah, but she already knows him, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. That's the last yeah, she, time that she sees him. She's her oldest right. son, exactly. Oh, she is. <gasps> Which all right, now I've got another negative. Oh, because <laughs> here <when> we go, <laughs> slowly but surely. Because I, I think it slightly bothered me at the time, but um, now I, yeah, now I've put the timelines back together. When Amy is sat outside and River pops up and she's like, "Oh, I just saw the Doctor." It feels like she's acting really young. It feels like she's like the daughter in the and a, like mother and daughter, and she's oh yeah, she's not acting like the River that we know. And I kind of picture that as her trying to act younger than she is because... Yeah, but you're always different around but, your mum, aren't you? You regress. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Something about that scene was a little off. And now that I remember that she's supposed to be really old in that scene, it does... Yeah, she was Byzantium old. She was yeah. early se- series five old at that point. But do you not get the feeling yeah, that scene right, yeah. that this is one of many times that she pops in to say hello to her mum and they have a glass of wine together and yeah, so, of course, yeah. so it is it is a different situation it's not her having adventures around the world it's her hanging out with her mum yeah she doesn't have to come up with waspish one-liners or anything she can just be real yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she can bring home her laundry <laughs> <laughs> crack myself at the Byzantium here you go mum <laughs> Um, and and Amy's also very spoilery because Amy like River comes home and says where are we let's check my diary I've just done this which is in Amy's past so she can tell Amy whatever she wants because Amy's already gone through it all and then Amy's like yeah the doctor's dead now and as far as she's aware the doctor really is dead so she doesn't know that River future River saved him or past river saved him so she's my brain just melted so wait, 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 wait 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 back up back up back up or front up one of those two. <laughs> possibly so so byzantium river yeah. is an older version of river but not then than what older than 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 which river oh, i don't know 
<laughs> oh, the, you are there. The river. Who's the river that's at River? Who? <laughs> river when? <laughs> river. <laughs> okay, so wait. Hang on. Who's, Bersan- the river, who's the river at the lake? Not the river in the suit, but the one who comes to the picnic. That's older than Byzantium. Yeah. So that's the river when? that's seen the doctor die. Yes. So Byzantium River shouldn't know that the Doctor dies. Hang on, Byzantium River ends by saying, Spoilers! So she must know something. She she has been convicted for killing the Doctor at that point because they got her out of Stormcage. Right? And, and, and frankly, that kind of... Well, no, sorry. And, and I think that's kind of retcon in this episode because the Doctor tells her, you're convicted... Uh, at the lake, he says, you're convicted of a murder that you don't even know you committed. But you won't remember. So Byzantium so there River you go. So, shouldn't remember so maybe that's that it. she so, killed the Doctor. So she can be older, but just have forgotten about it. No, but that's the point. She's forgotten about it, and Amy's just casually going, oh, the Doctor died today. Oh, oh I see what and you're Byzantium saying. And Byzantium River oh, shouldn't know. No, timey-wimey, because Amy... Cover- <laughs> no, timey-wimey. <laughs> same, same as time out in this case. Because um, Amy says that, because all this kind of stuff happened in a different dimension that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. So everyone who presumably has been in the TARDIS has that kind of weird mixed memory. No, she only has it because she grew up with a crack in the wall. With the time stream seeping yeah, through into her dreams as, when oh, she was a child. Well, we are adding so many layers of caveats <laughs> to this. And, well, no, he, no, he says that in this yeah, episode. Rory doesn't have those memories. Wouldn't you assume that River does, though? Because she's part-time Lord well, stuff. maybe. So I think, I think she must assume that River has memories from the uh, alternate universe. And in the alternate universe, the universe that river knew about those events of a doctor was going to die a doctor dying would blow up the universe so even if she doesn't remember killing him she would remember that mm. can i just say to any fans out there who didn't predict that this episode would collapse into confusion <laughs> you're very naive and not as superior as you think you are <laughs> even if you're Stephen moffat oh. perhaps especially and anyone who's tuning into this podcast for the first time, hi. <laughs> Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, we love all our fans. <laughs> this is a piece of your brain. <laughs> At what point... Wait, hang on. How much In which more- universe? <laughs> <laughs> Between now and River showing up with Capaldi for a number of bonus episodes, like yeah. specials, is she going to figure prominently on the show? Because if not, I wonder if maybe we can already now consult the chronology of river song that tracy from america put together on the blog we are now in greater need of it than ever before yeah. i think so <laughs> i think it might be more wavy than we think it is more jeremy Beremy than we yes <laughs> the good reference. wait wait what <laughs> what's the good place the good place the good place uh, oh god that episode had me in stitch oh no oh my god. <laughs> um yeah, I think, because it's always described as, like, they're going in different directions. Yeah. But, but I, don't, I don't think that's the case. I no. think they do dip in and out at different points. Yeah. Shall we just pin that there? Okay. Let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Moving on. There's some time shit. Mm. Do, we, do we like... Um, <laughs> do we like Amy's imaginary version of Rory that she draws? <laughs> I can't stand Amy's imaginary version of her <gasps> because it's not Why? even a handsome. I mean, let's face it, Arthur Darville is enormously handsome to begin with. Obviously. Certainly, but she did draw a somewhat more angular version of him. <laughs> but that wasn't a version of him at all. It was just generic boilerplate hunk. Yeah, it, it was boy band guy. Wait, yeah, yeah. It's not that other dude, is it? 
from the, the, the first episode from the eleventh hour. Yeah. Oh, it might be. Oh my god! Is it? Oh, that would that would rescue it oh. for me oh. if that turns out to be true. <laughs> I don't think it was. I don't think so either. I think it was generic, good-looking guy. My take on this is that there was an episode where Amy was talking about Rory and how some people, the more you look at them, the more beautiful they become, and oh. he became the most beautiful man she'd ever seen. And so she's drawn him from her memory as he's the most beautiful man she's ever seen. So she's just drawn like a model. Like, the most beautiful man she can Im- imagine, that's Rory. Because she's so shallow and vacuous. No, and no. Also, when she sees him, why doesn't she see all the gorgeous geometric angles she of know him yet. Captain Williams? He only Williams. becomes beautiful when you get to know the intricacies of his personality. Yeah, oh. and you realise that people in boy bands generally aren't a great long-term bet. Yeah. I liked that drawing. <laughs> I really did. But now that I'm starting to think of it, I feel like it's just reminding me of the very abusive relationship that those two have. Oh. And I have had for a number of, well, I was going to say seasons, but for a long time. Well, hmm. I liked the line. She goes, we should get a drink sometime. And married. Yeah, that nice. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was good. And then Rory says, fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Completely sure. undeterred. <laughs> I really enjoyed when the doctor came up to Rory and tried to set those two up. Like, oh, what did she? <laughs> s- nice. What did she tell you? I was like, oh, she said, oh, Mister Hotty Nurse, scones. <laughs> she'd like to go out with you for texting and scones. <laughs> oh, wonderful bit. Mm. Yeah, that's that's Moffat is most couplingy, I think, that he gets in Doctor Who. Yeah, mm. yeah. I miss the days when I found coupling really funny, charming. I haven't oh, well. seen it for well a long time. <laughs> Rory doesn't take his eye patch off to defend Amy. Oh yeah, very yeah. heroic. Yeah. That's when and she recognises him because she sees how brave and fearless and protective he is of her. And then she suddenly looks at him and goes, you are my hero. You are my Rory. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I was about oh. to throw this in as a positive, but actually, as I thought about it, it's a negative. Because oh, the silence <laughs> referred to him as the man who dies and dies again. Yeah. But how do they know? Because they know everything. Yeah, they've been watching all the time. Like, most of the times he dies, it's either in a dream world or alternate reality. Mm. The universe gets rebooted or, you know. But they've been studying the Doctor for, like, I don't know, centuries, I guess. And they know everything about him and they've taught people and they've discovered. I think I need to ask a question about this, which which might answer that question, which might answer your question, Jim. Okay. Trenzalore, there is an explanation for it here, which I don't think I understood. Is Trenzalore not the place where the Doctor is meant to die? Yes, I think so. So why would why would anyone even worry about... Because... Why, why would anyone worry about Lake Silencio Exactly, yeah, case? but but is yeah. that not what Jim is getting at? Like, are there, if they, he is the man who died more than once, then he died once here and then he died once in Trenzalore. There's even a bit in this in this episode where they talk about, oh, like a, there's like a nursery rhyme about Trenzalore. No, they're talking about Jim's talking about, about Rory dying and dying again. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Oh, in that case, scratch that, then this is a, <laughs> this is a negative in that case. No, I think, I think the whole Trenzalore thing is they assume something worse is going to happen if the Doctor gets to Trenzalore yeah, and dies there. Trenzalore, oh. not only the Doctor dies, but like the world will end or some like chaos will ensue. So they want to prevent Trenzalore from ever happening yeah. by killing him now. Oh, I see. I didn't quite get the whole why it like Lake Silencio because it's... I can't remember what they said, a still point in time? Yeah. Because lakes are still. Because <laughs> no one goes to that lake, so there aren't many events. I don't, I don't, Very was, little wind. It's in a natural depression. Yeah. I thought that was a bit of a throwaway. You yeah. know. As we were watching this, we watched this uh, last night. Miriam, who is quite Italian, went, wait, so the silence into Lake Silencio. Mm. 
And it didn't even dawn on me uh, until Seriously? that point. I was like, oh, fuck, that's so <laughs> naff. Why? Well, I was wondering, what, like, did they name the lake somehow? Have they, like, if they planned this for so long that they were there when the lake was... I think this is the same Doctor Who naming convention that we keep stumbling upon uh, on Who Back When, where they go to a planet or, a, in this case, a lake that happens to be named coincidentally after exactly the plot point that takes place there. Hmm. Or did they just find a lake and go, hey, guys, this is a great place. <laughs> where are we going to go? We're going to go to... Uh... <laughs> To be fair, lots of lakes have stupid names. Yeah, there's, but a, there's a lock in Scotland called Loch Lochy. <laughs> That's a great... That's not stupid. Yeah, but what makes that Loch Lochier than that lock? <laughs> Loch Lochy look Loch Face. <laughs> okay, my favourite Amy moment may perk you up. Mm-hmm. Which is when she is saying to Madame Kavarian about how River Song didn't get all the psychopath... Just from her, sweetie. sweetie. Yes, yeah. I that down. I love that. <laughs> that was that was when Kevin Feige said, "This girl's gotta be in movies. I'm gonna make her one of the top 200 stars of the MCU," <laughs> which is how I assume he sounds. Mm. But that that for me, that was. I think Karen Gillan was great throughout this episode. Actually, yeah. doing lots of different yeah, things. Yeah, she was. I think that's that's the one negative of this episode. There, there's a lot of good stuff that happens, but none of it's given a lot of time mm. like she does come back to this when she sat down with river it's like i'm now a murderer i know it didn't happen but like mm. i have to live with that it was good that we got that kind of that's but, that's an incredible scene though when she well a sorry i'm interrupting you that's okay i'll just keep talking um a when Maddo Kovarian has the eye patch on and everyone else they're all helping each other take their eye patches off because you don't know what's going to happen you might be excruciating agony you might die and nobody helps Ma- Madame Kovarian and I'm screaming at the TV going somebody go and take that eye patch off that woman like I know she's the bad guy but we don't kill people it's Doctor Who and then not only do they not help her but she actively goes back and reattaches it it's yeah. the coldest thing that's ever happened I could not believe that they made her do that is it colder though than just walking back down says and machine gunning a whole bunch of silence i mean that is not the only person she murdered no but we've been but the human race has been told to kill the silence on site like we've already established that they are kind of disposable characters in a way and now we know they're genetically engineered confessional priests confessional priests yeah, yeah. they they're not well the, the doctor liked human daleks or dalek humans and they were genetically engineered it sounds racist to me <laughs> i think that same motif is later on echoed in fact in the latest season in the first whittaker season and it's echoed with uh, Graham and Ryan <laughs> taking uh, the tooth chap and putting him in the painful suspended animation mm. pod. I couldn't do it, Doc. That, that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good guy who then basically tortures, subjects, yeah. uh, exacts his revenge by subjecting this would-be victim, not to death, but to torture. Yeah. And do, and what do you think, what would the doctor say to Amy if he if she said, oh yeah, by the way, I killed that woman, or at least I, you know, tortured her. Would disown her. Like, yeah, he's, he's not going to approve of that. No, absolutely not. Mm. So Amy actually asks River, what does that make me? What does that make her? Is she a murderer? I mean, it's just it's just an you know an alternate universe that has been <laughs> managed out of existence. We've but had the, this discussion before, but the we? intention is there, and she and she followed through with it. She didn't know at that point that that universe was going to be wiped. I think it does make her a murderer. Yeah. Mm. No, I think it makes her a potential murderer. <gasps> it was a. Uh, I mean, she doesn't explicitly murder Kaverin. She just goes, "Well, here's that eye patch that you yourself." put on that you yourself designed mm. as a means of whatever manslaughtered 
Hold on. <laughs> well, maybe she just thinks Kavarian's going to be subject to debilitating agony. That's one exactly. of the options. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, but you can, it's, it's a big a, gamble. Like, it's a big well, Do you roll. consider uh, Graham and Ryan in the last season to have murdered Mr. Carlos and Bactus? Did you, do you consider that to have been murder or was that something else? Was that, quote unquote, just torture? Yeah. And is that any better? It's oh, about, really? You think that they murdered him? No, no, no. I was saying yes to the just torture bit because you don't know how long someone can stand debilitating torture. No, okay, that's true. Eventually, he's going to die, I guess. But oh, I'm not oh, trying to like morally know. defend this no. anyway. <laughs> I, I just don't feel that he, she murdered her. There's also the element of, right, so she's subjecting her to tremendous pain until her own henchmen come into the room and potentially even save her. Mm. Like maybe the silent, the men in black chaps are going to show up and just take off the eye patch. I think they right. were going to show up and do away with her because she's having a sort of conversation via the eye patch with the silence before they Oh, arrive. you're right. She's no, like you're begging right. them to you're stop. Right. Yeah. yeah, so she is going to die momentarily anyway. Yeah, okay, no, fair point. Sorry, I forgot about that. Well, that's not a reason to, you know, jump in while you still can. <laughs> My opportunity window is shrinking. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like a lot of it was because Kavarian was trying to reach out to Amy? She was, she can't remember what kind of tone of voice she has, but she's sort of like... It's very whiny. And, Amy. Yeah. Like, well, she's in a lot of pain. We we know each other. We love each other. It's, it's that kind of tone. And Amy just sort of snaps. It's like... We don't have a connection. You took my child away from me. You're yeah. inhuman. You're a monster. I'm going to treat you like one. That's the reaction a mother should have when your baby is taken. Not sh- like should, as in like I'm not saying this is morally right, but you, you you can understand that. You'd expect that reaction. You took my baby. I'm going to exact revenge on you. Yeah. But the last, like, I don't know how many episodes we've had between Amy having her baby stolen and now, like, <laughs> it doesn't seem too distraught that she didn't get to bring Melody Pond up. Like, it doesn't really affect her as much as it should so this is, i don't know comes out of nowhere a little bit but maybe that's also a thing like we've we have expected this for so long we've waited for this for so long yeah now let's let's write it in let's do it in extremis mm. and then she's been bottling it up and this is it exploding yeah, it, out exactly of her. exactly yeah. hmm, okay the pressure's been mounting yeah yeah but invisibly yeah yeah okay, i think this true. comes back to jim's point made a few episodes ago if, if you're gonna have an arc make it a good arc and have it resolve in its sort of natural time span rather than just keep stringing it along so you forget and so the actors forget and become incongruous and inconsistent. Mm. Yeah. Yeah? Because it's got to the point where I have a feeling actually we've looked up the silence before. (laughs) (laughs) I've worked out that they were called the silent. And then forgot about it. And then forgot about it. (laughs) (laughs) And they're still not done yet. (laughs) Among my, my notes I wrote, I'll just paraphrase it, there's been a long period of time since the last time that I watched a Doctor Who episode or a New Who episode, period. And and for that reason, this episode as a closer didn't have quite the, the impact that it would have had had I just like been binging these episodes. Mm. But now, like looking at looking at the, the last few New Who episodes that we've been reviewing, there have been a lot of episodes that have nothing to do with this arc whatsoever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. At all. Going back, closing time, completely different. Got, got yeah, they got the envelopes in closing time. That was pivotal. <laughs> <laughs> Does not count. God complex. Uh, no, yeah. Girl Who Waited is a very Amy Pond heavy episode, but it hints at this not at all, hmm. right? Nighters, Let's Kill Hitler is the last time that we have anything with River. Before that, a good man goes to war. Like, that's 81. We are now on what, 87? That's a so long, long break. Yeah. 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 Maybe for that reason, this doesn't seem as natural. Whereas if this had been 83, mm, you know, yeah. 
You have a good man goes to war, she loses the baby. There's one different story in between to just show that time passes and you do other things. You've got to have you, Let's Kill Hitler as well. You can have, yeah, oh, yeah, you can sorry, have a fine. Hitler so episode. You have Let's Kill Hitler and then whatever, yeah. God Complex, or something, whatever. And then you immediately jump into, holy shit. Yeah. Like it, but during that one other episode, you have lots of like images of Amy being distraught and not acting herself and being a bit yeah. erratic. And like you, f- you feed it somehow in. You I don't mean, just have her like, being jolly and jolly. And yeah, exactly. Normal. It, it doesn't. It also yeah. doesn't help that the last time that we had an episode was closing time, which is a very comedic episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with what's his face, Corden, and we get to see Amy and Rory just cameo. Just Amy and Rory, yeah. just yeah, just shopping. She's for a clothes. celebrity. She, yeah, exactly. She's like living the high life. Yeah. She does not miss her child no. at all. Yeah, yeah. So they were dropped off in Colchester weren't they? And we're just supposed to forget that no, happened. No, I refuse to accept that they were <laughs> dropped off in Colchester. I think they went there. She's there on a perfume marketing tour. Yeah. Rory's like, I'll drive you all over the country. I've got this sweet jag. Let's just spend a few weeks in it and make some money on the sun. Where are we going to go? Colchester. <laughs> oh, they got some lovely A-roads in Colchester. Mm-mm. <laughs> I think so, I've just decided River has been um, time traveling and space hopping around and robbing stuff. That's how they're rich. Oh, oh that's a good idea. That seems like something River would do. Yeah. I liked the line about River. I can't remember who said it or where it comes, but someone said about River having to spend all of her days in jail. And the doc's like, aha, but where will she spend her nights? Ooh. Oh. Nice. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh. <laughs> At the end of the episode... <laughs> Uh-huh. Amy is back in her old childhood garden, right? Not at the house, which may or may not be in Colchester. Do we, uh, I, I thought know. it was a more suburban place rather than the mansion that she lived in. Oh, really? I yeah, know. I didn't think it was the same house. It, small, it looked more modern. modern. Uh, okay. I don't know. They've got I didn't all, all they've done attention. an extension. Because they, they, <laughs> they had quite a modern looking patio with, yeah. with French windows and stuff. That, yeah. that wasn't that old house that okay. little Amy grew up in. Oh, well, okay. That adds up then. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. Possibly. Perhaps. I didn't think it was the same house. Yeah, because it's the, it's the big French doors. It does. It's not. Like I say, it's either they've built a conservatory or it's a different house. <laughs> but that's it then. So we said goodbye to the ponds two weeks ago. Now the whole river story is resolved. So we won't be seeing them again, right? That's oh, what yeah. I assume. They're, yeah. they're never coming back. Yeah, no, no. no. It's completely neatly wrapped Why up. Why would they? In a neat little bow. <laughs> <laughs> Why does the doctor at that point decide to marry a river? And is he, have they technically gotten married? I don't know, because there didn't seem to be any sort of I do. Like, River didn't say yes to anything. Rory just said, have my daughter. It's also, just, it's, it's, it's like the uh, who cares about consent version of getting married, because the doctor just goes, uh, you say this. Oh, now you say that. Yeah. Now you go, I do. I'm done. Now we're married. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a kiss is yeah. a contract. Yeah. Put, put this tie around your hand. Why? Because I'm telling you to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. What am I doing? What's your tone? <laughs> yeah. That's exactly it, isn't it? This is the way to begin a marriage. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's not entirely okay. Also, it's kind of fraudulent given that she's basically marrying a robot. Yeah, maybe it doesn't count. Slash, is she marrying the whole crew of (laughs) the Starship Doctor? Knowing River, probably. (laughs) Now, the Doctor expelled the crew. He's working the thing on his own. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the so, other ones are on some tiny beach somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so to answer your question, Jim, the doctor married River for leverage. For leverage. <laughs> yeah. Because she must honour and obey. Mm. 
It, it does almost seem though like he's been asking her all along you need to do this for me like your feelings are not bigger than the feelings of the universe and she consistently says no and then as soon as they're married he asks her again yeah and she's like okay then now that we're married we'll do it and then afterwards you get the whole like she saw in his eye and she knows what the plan is now but yeah for a long time it does just feel like oh now that they're married everything everything she stood for before has just gone out the window but i think it is is literally that situation where at that moment it makes sense because like it's bad that it makes sense because she changes her viewpoint because she got married yeah but then in hindsight you go well why did the doctor do that then why did the doctor well i don't know whether it was a point of like i need you to focus i need you to look clearly in my eyes and it needs to be like a i don't know forced intimacy yeah so it is all just a ruse i guess this grand romantic setup well no the, and the it's, name of the no, episode no, it's, not a ruse. <laughs> it's the it's, alibi of river song no. <laughs> it's a way to make him make her aware of how much she means to him because her at that point she's very young in the time stream and he's said to her look at your future self she's still there i forgive you but that's not enough for her so he's like i not only forgive you forgive you but i love you and i want to marry you and it was it's a way of conveying how important she is to him and also a little like cheeky wink and look in my eye kind of a thing but i don't i don't think it's completely disingenuous i think there's another way of getting that across to her without faking a marriage yeah so i think in context i kind of started that kind of not that scene because it was already in the middle of the scene but those, those steps i started thinking that was because river had been so passionate about her love for him mm. that he kind of started going oh hang on maybe i should do something about this and I kind of went with it but then yeah unraveled a little bit in my head but i'm i'm happy to buy that it's just romance plus some i buy it it's romance plus yeah yeah question some convenient plot point <laughs> Sorry, sorry to cut in there. So, wedding robot, mini- miniature dog in giant robot. Yeah. They go, she looks into the eye, fantastic, great, this is just a robot, this is going to be safe. They touch, they kiss, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Now, the, the universe and time resets itself. Mm-hmm. Why does the robot exterior also go back in time? The robot exterior was, also, was always there. He went to Lake Silencio in the robot. Okay, wait, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. So... <laughs> In real time, yeah. as in in the time when he knows, oh, I'm going to die. Churchill is not an emperor. Yeah. No one's taking steam trains from London to <laughs> Giza. Charles Dickens is long dead. Oh. Exactly, yeah. In this timeline, as in in this universe or a time space, yeah. the doctor goes, all right, I'm going to go and get this robot. I'm going to climb into it. Fantastic. Marvelous. And then I'm going to go to Lake Silencio. I'm going to fake being killed. Mm. Problem solved. Now time is scrambled. Yeah. Why does the robot then show up in that universe? Is that just another coinkidding? Because it well, I it's the same. He's the same doctor as was on like Silencio. Like everything so he's else is scrambled. The... But he, like he said, he him and River are the po- like the zero point. Does that mean that as the soothsayer, he is still the robot? Yeah. Oh, he is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I thought I was stumbling upon like, oh, hey guys, guys, <laughs> guys, wait till I'm gonna I'm gonna blow your minds with this. Okay. So why at Lake Silencio in the proper universe where time functions normally does the robot begin to regenerate? Yes. Yes. Because he has to make it look real. That's I the, don't buy this. Yeah, no no no. Because it, it I think it, this is a retcon. No, it's not. Yes. No, it's not. Because they have to make it look <laughs> real because people have to believe that he died there so that the the whole like fixed point in time thing is not scrambled so the robots pockets really are just full of marmalade the robots can do anything they can mimic any person and like they can 
they can why can't they mimic a regeneration the only reason they believe that river believes that he's dead is because she, he got shot during a regeneration if, if he just got shot and regenerated that or like if he just got shot and just died then they would go oh hang on he should have regenerated that's not real this must it's, have been it's wrong. the equivalent of popping two in the chest and one in the head yeah John Wake, so fucking awesome. The, uh, okay, another they question. To regenerate, to be shot mid regeneration for her to believe that he was really dead. Okay, fine, fine. Let's say I buy that, which I don't. Oh. Let's say I buy that. Okay. The silence, the organization, the order, they're there. Somehow they're controlling her with a whatever suit. I'm a little unclear about... It's unclear to me how much of this is done by her and how much is done by the suit, but it doesn't matter. So they're there, they get her to shoot the doctor twice. Mm-hmm. He just lays down, lies down and, and fakes being dead. Well, it's a robot. They just stop giving out life signs. Sure. Everyone just leaves. No one checks on no, him. they burn his body. Oh, yeah, they burn they his body. They go through the whole thing and they do the... Because f- we complained about this the first time around. Rory's like, let's give him a proper burial. Oh, and they have to destroy every particle because the Time Lord is so valuable, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, every cell. Every oh, cell. Yeah. And then they just set fire to him. And he references that here because he says, oh, I barely got scorched in that yeah. lake. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. No, I'm... I'm yeah, so yeah, they yeah. go through the whole process. The people on the lake think that he's dead. Only River in the suit knows that he's not really dead. Yes. Yeah, exactly. River on the shore. River on the shore. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless she can remember somehow from the... And she's just a very good actress because she also mentions that. She says, I have to pretend not to know. You have to pretend da-da-da-da-da. It's the first time I'm meeting people. Every time we've said, oh, shouldn't she have recognised that person? She said, like, I'm just a really good actress. Now I want to go back and watch that scene again because I remember the last time... When we saw the Lake Silencio scene the first time around, Mm. I remember reading some trivia online. can't remember where, but... I found some trivia online showing screenshots of the car that's parked in the background and allegedly the doctor hiding behind it and watching them the whole time. But if the doctor is inside the eyeball of fake doctor, then that wouldn't be be happening. But that could be a future doctor. Or maybe it's just some dick who photoshopped it on the internet. Ah, could be. Well, wouldn't that... Oh, no, he he comes... When does the guy come with the gas canisters? Yeah. It's his his car, isn't it? it, Yeah, it'll it'll just be him, surely. Secret agent, what's his face? Yeah. I'm also kind of happy to say that what we see in the astronaut episode is not what happens in the new reality because they have they've effectively gone into an alternate reality and then come back and then they've changed stuff so whatever we saw how elaborate the regeneration looked like it could be different we don't see it again but we, do, it, we do see him get kind of, shot mid-regeneration but don't we just see it kind of close up and whip through really quick yeah yeah whereas i kind of remember knowing what we know in this episode watching the impossible astronaut or whichever one it was, and seeing that regeneration going, hang on, this seems like a bit of a flaw because oh. that robot wouldn't have that massive effect around it. Um, I, I don't. But- I think any differences there aren't intentional, mm. except in the sense of they're trying to save time in the episode they can't have the same sort of weight between beats and everything I think that time has been restored after the differential of the mini universe disintegration effect has been closed it's supposed to proceed exactly mm. as before yeah well because that's him this is his way of preserving that fixed point in time everything from everybody else's perspective does proceed as before yeah and if the silence detected anything different they'd yeah. be like hmm something fishy going on here yeah have we not had the doctor messing with fixed points before before. Well, River, oh, assuredly. River says that she's like fixed points can be changed. Like he, I'm sure he's yeah. yeah. But we've never had yeah. steam train Giza yada yada. We haven't had that well, scenario before. Every fixed point doesn't have to behave exactly the same, does it? Uh, even Pompeii, he was complaining about it being a fixed point and 
Yeah. Donna's screaming like Donna has some good points. Donna's, <laughs> Donna's screaming like at least save someone. Person, yeah. And he doesn't want to do it because it's a fixed point. Like he's just he's very in the fixed point mindset and he just won't budge. But occasionally he does, right? Occasionally yeah, I think I think this is the thing is that he's just got to be in his bonnet about it. And, but yeah. there's probably a lot of well, wiggle room. Because he doesn't know, you don't know what the consequences will be. If you change a fixed point in time, yeah. it might be okay. It might be catastrophic and you don't want to risk it. Yeah, you don't know how big the ripples are going to be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Mm. Good, because I just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> Very convincing. <laughs> Very, very briefly, getting back to okay. the American interlude and, and River Song there. Did anyone else think that she was really reckless to shoot a gun at the doctor's head? Okay. As in, she shoots his his hat off his head okay. with a fucking revolver. This is from the last episode. Yeah, and in this one as well. No, no, she's a very good shot. She knows what she's doing. She's Did we talk about this already? She's to be a military weapon. Have we talked about this already? No. I don't, I don't think, think so. anyone cared about it last time. No. We had other things to talk about. I completely forgot that this had happened before, so I absolutely added it to my notes. There you go. I've checked that box now. She's just a modern-day William Tell. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. sure. Also, no, have shoot- it be less legendary, Leon. <laughs> if you're going to shoot anyone, you can shoot the doctor. She knows Who's really regenerate. wobbly and bounces around constantly. Yeah, but you can just regenerate. It's no big deal. She's just like, oh, I'm bored of this. You, yeah, regenerated to something more interesting. This is going to be a naked lump scenario like. where, oh no, okay. <laughs> yeah, maybe she thinks Smith will regenerate into Tennant. She doesn't know that Capaldi's up next. Oh yeah. See, I was thinking she might have a thing for older men. She might yeah, like she Capaldi. She She's trying to speed fox. it along a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose if, as a child, yeah. you fall in love with an adult, you probably will have that sort of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh dear. So I thought it was really nice, but. Time could stop, but existence would carry on in some weird, even if only temporary way. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really nice to have that, rather than completely avoided, just have it explored and you write your way around it. I I really liked um, when it was Churchill sort of going it's always 502 does it not bother you it's 502 and when he first did it I was like why does it bother you why are you mentioning it now if everybody's happy with it always being 502 and then A you see the doctor so he's like he's been feeding him saying it shouldn't be 502 all the time but B they still have clocks with a full 24 hour face you still have calendars with all the dates on like the doctor's grown a beard well, like, he's not okay. constantly looking identical. Yeah, he seems to have spent a long time locked up somewhere. Ages, they're all sort of set in a fixed point, I guess, and he's the only one that ages. Yeah. But yeah, wouldn't conspiracy theorists go in? Well, there's twelve hours on this clock, and we've only used one of them. There must be another spin-off. Yeah, or possibly B plot in next audiobook. Oh, maybe <laughs> you can have infrastructure be symbolic of a vestigial function. I mean, we have houses of parliament, but we don't have a fucking government. <laughs> <laughs> So they can have a clock that doesn't tell the time. <laughs> Welcome to Britain, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I reckon the Americans can fairly easily transpose it. For, uh, yeah. For their concepts yeah. right now. Yeah. Just thinking that. Sorry, guys. At least that's not a reference that's going to age in any way. That's, no. <laughs> that's always going to remain <laughs> topical. Always going to remain, you say? Oh! oh. <laughs> that's my subconscious. I think I don't want to think about the time thing because I think it will bother me, I think. What time? Yeah. <laughs> the 502. Well, because, yeah, the, why do they have a stuck measurement of time when obviously time moves because they talk and move and, like, they're breathing and if time had stopped, nothing would be happening. But the concept of time as a incremental thing that we've given numbers to time, time doesn't have a... 
value. Value. Yeah. We've no, but they, attributed that. they're literally staring at what you probably assume is some kind of atomic clock or something that's measuring time very accurately and saying we're stuck in this whatever unit they, yeah, they, they, go, they well, shout like, out some unit. When he touches her arm, when Doc touches River's arm, someone on the secret agent Amy Pond team goes, oh, the universe moved two chronos or something like that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's like they, they have something that's somehow measuring time and it moves. Mm. I like that. I, I, I think that's classic who, and also kind of Doc Brown logic about all this stuff. It, it works. It's fine. It's a little cheesy, but it, it works in the, in the universe. Yeah, We've had so, similar things before. Time is but one dimension. Aren't there supposed to be like 11 or 13 dimensions? There are a whole other nine dimensions carrying on, keeping this going for a little while, while time is just stopped for a bit. Okay, so this is the, this is just the up version that was stopped. There's still backwards and forwards and yeah, to maybe. the side going on. <laughs> everyone's, everyone's to the siding, but they can't go up and down in time. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Okay, yeah, this fine. is the Dance Dance Revolution verse. It's fine. <laughs> I'm buying it. Great. We haven't talked a bit about the Doc being the ultimate space badass for a change instead yeah. of River getting to do it all. Just rocking up, ripping a Dalek's head off to get at his juicy data core brains. Yeah, that whole intro montage is fantastic. By the way, the Dalek eye stalk, he plonks the eye stalk on the tabletop. Does it have an organic eye? I thought it had an organic component in the eye stalk. Anyway, yeah, so, mm. yeah, so you have the Dalek. That's the same bit where you have the Viking with the... Funky chin playing death do, chess. Do we talk? Do we spot the cameo here? Is that Gatiss under there? It is. Oh, is goodness it? Does he have to play everyone? No he way. does. He does. I did not know that. Yeah. I, I kind of I looked at his mouth and was like, you really look, are you? I looked it up on IMDb and was like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is a difference because you and Drew went, oh, God, is it a me and Liam one? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> But why? Like, yeah, why it is not? why. Why not? He's already been Lazarus. So, he I, couldn't be more than he'll one He'll get to person. be the Brigadier's dad. <sighs> okay, I mean, oh, wait, let's, let's, let's put a pin in that because we need to talk about the Brigadier as well. But oh. it, it, I really don't mind Gators being in this. No. He's, he's one of the family. He should absolutely be allowed to show up every now and then. However, why does he have to play this role? Because the makeup that they put on him really makes that character stand out. There's a moment where you look at that character, where I anyway looked at that character, and I'm like, is this just a Viking or is this some something else? Like, have they? There's so much plastic on him that he might as well be an alien Viking or a space something. It probably you know? is. I thought it was an alien yeah. something. Really? Yeah, he's not just a human Viking. Gantok isn't a very Norse name. No, and they're How playing. Do you know? They're playing electric no, okay, chess. Right. Like it's an alien game. Yeah, so... (laughs) (laughs) Basically, Gatiss put on all that makeup because he knew that he really shouldn't have been allowed another role. And it was the shame that covered his face there with makeup, but we saw through it. It's more expensive to put Gatiss in there, isn't it? And spend time on makeup than to put a complete no-name in there and not spend time on makeup. Exactly, and we're all no-names who don't need makeup. (laughs) Yeah, so give us a shot. Because presumably he, the only reason he has makeup is because his face is in a different episode and everyone will be going, hang on, that's Dr. Lazarus. Yeah, but when he's got a pencil moustache on, he's completely unrecognisable. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what bothers me, it's when you realise it's Gatiss, you think, right, is that character's part of this episode too long? Yes, it is. Oh, it's because it's Gatiss. It's, you're right. Um, right. Like, and I don't even understand what happens in his scene when he pulls the gun of a doctor and he somehow triggers a trip wire or something and falls through a hole and gets eaten by skulls like it's just <laughs> oh, the skulls. where did this come from oh, I forgot about okay the let's skulls. talk about the skulls let's talk about the skulls <laughs> oh they were fantastic 
they awful. But um, really, <laughs> that's so incredibly naff. And I love so them. So terrible. <laughs> I found that they were naffest when they were turning face oh, onto yeah. the doctor. I think they kind of liked him the most. Well, no, no, to hear him. Oh, they should right. have been turning to the side. Not that they have ears, <laughs> but even so. Were they trying to hear him? I thought they were just like, oh, wait, they're like piranha. They're, they're they just were like, eyeballing they, exactly. him. Exactly. Yeah. They, they... <laughs> Eye-socketing him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that when they turned around to face the doctor and he was looking down the manhole, that was very effective. Mm. That actually did make me jump. That, yeah. that was nice. That was good. The whole kind of Gatiss being swallowed by them all was pretty shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Gantop looked fairly terrified. All yeah. those heads, they were just after a body. That's what they were doing. They're like, yeah. they're eating the flesh off Gantok and then going like, replace the head replace the head and one of them <laughs> just saunters out of there like, see you later boys <laughs> I'll send you another viking <laughs> shall we return to that pin bagels oh yeah so Nicholas Courtney who played the brigadier he passed away oh. and this is the homage to him oh um, that's nice not the only homage to him there's been one with Tennant hasn't there there's the on his farewell tour didn't he ring up and say where's the brigadier Oh, yeah, there is that as well. And there's another one with Capaldi as well, because the Brigadier shows up as a Cyberman, which is terrible, I think, and salutes him and then flies off into the sun. Uh, So where are all the homages to Benton? You love Benton. Yeah, Benton's still kicking around in the States. He's hanging out. He's wearing Hawaiian t-shirts or Hawaiian shirts. But just not a friend of the new show. Friend of of me. Oh, no. Anyway, yeah, so, so not the only reference to or homage to bagels in this episode and I didn't remember this I had to be reminded by the trivia but we have actually talked about this on Who Back One before in the classic serial Inferno which is also like a parallel universe story and in one universe all the bad ones including evil bagels they all wear eye patches Oh, and I can't remember what it was now but go back and listen to our Inferno review there was some practical joke on set that bagels would play on people he would just wear an eye patch when he didn't need to wear an iPad or something. I think during our review, we probably go like, he must have ruined so many takes. <laughs> but uh, this was like a gag of his. And consequently, in this episode, they apparently, they reportedly found a way of, you know, finagling an iPad in oh, there. So what you're saying is he wasted hundreds of spools of extra reel, which the BBC then didn't have space to store. Hence, most of I'm, Classic Who is lost. I don't fully remember that. I'm going to go out and listen to the episode again. But <laughs> it's all Bagel's fault. And yet they continue to pay him homage. Now, Bagel's was fantastic. And, and yeah, unfortunately, he passed away. And consequently, they gave him this farewell. I imagine that if he had still been around at the time, they would have actually mm. included him. Isn't this farewell just incredibly sad, though? Because it's him being... In a home, by the looks of it. Mm. Yeah. And a nurse saying he always kept, I can't remember if it was whiskey or brandy, there in case of a doctor dropped in. And yeah, the doctor, exactly. doctor never dropped in. Oh, it's, that is, that that is the, sad. Isn't that the saddest part of it, even? Like, it, he didn't go and visit and then he's, he's lost his opportunity. Isn't that a bit of an eye-opener for the doctor as well? Because he's like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, tomorrow can happen any time. Yeah. I can do whatever I want. He's I have so much time to see all my friends. Here, I'm going to see this guy. Oh, shit, he died. Yeah. Yeah. And he's missed his chance. Is he just wrong? Because he says, I can go back and do Rose's homework, but he can't go back and do Bagels' homework. Yeah, exactly. Why can't he just go I back? Think- oh, wait, I'll, I'll travel back in time one day. He does. He travels around all the time. Why can't he go and see Bagels again? He's a fixed man in time. 
<laughs> I think it's more it's more um, for the poignance of it and for the effect of it. So it, like, there's nothing to stop him just going back in time and saying, oh, I got the wrong day. I'll do it a week earlier and I will go and have a brandy with him. And maybe he does do that in the future. But it's just it's that little wake up call that he thinks he's got all the time in the world and then suddenly knows someone's dead. And it just shocks him into, OK, now it's time to act. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's like he could go back still. And- Probably also affected by the fact that he did pass away in real life. Yeah. So rather than sort of make light of it and go, oh, that's that's no problem whatsoever. I'll go and see him right away. Yeah. They actually lend some yeah. you know, gravity to the could, situation. But he shouldn't go back and do Rose's homework because he's not supposed to interfere with his own time stream. This is why yeah. Rose was meets- woefully underqualified for shit because someone else <laughs> went and just did her homework for her. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know why I'm bragging on Rose. I'm sure oh, she was Rose. great. <laughs> I'm sure she was. <laughs> I don't actually have anything against the sentimental commemoration of a beloved cast member who passed away. I I don't actually want to nitpick at the logic and claim that that's the more important factor here. Okay, good. Then don't. Okay. I retract all my previous nitpicking. Thank you. For the whole episode, great. I did think the whole episode was great. I'm just going to read some good stuff out. (laughs) Yes, do it. Because I thought the seventh transept, okay, the skulls perhaps were a little hokey, but I thought it looked fantastic. I thought this episode was where the budget had been stowed. Mm. All of it looked great. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved the ambition of this episode that Moffat, he really reached for the stars, the universe, everything. He threw it all at it. And if some of it didn't stick, well, I mean, that's better than just not trying at all. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I was kind of getting at earlier, because we haven't even talked about the silent creatures being in the tanks, and then you think that they're oh, they're all oh. they're all skewered away, but then it's just flipped around, and you know they they were waiting, they're just waiting there. Yeah. It's a trap. And it, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's not. It ends up not being a massive deal. Like it kind of is just throwaway. Like it didn't really matter. Like they could have just walked in from somewhere. They could have been in the ceiling the whole time, and no one remembered. Or you know. So are they, they could have been a different setup, but I don't know. I guess so. They put themselves into like a stasis like situation underwater. Yes. No, they were all awake. Were they? Yeah. I thought they were awake as well. well like no, no, they no, look at the soldiers. They woke because he was really surprised when they were looking at the doctor, and he was like, "This is the most active they've been like for months." Yeah, I think they were just they were just standing quite still, and maybe, maybe yeah. they were kind of just hibernating. But they'd still be breathing yeah. during that yeah. time. And they're genetically engineered. Who knows what they're up to? Exactly. Unless it's that water from the abyss, the liquid air, whatever that you can breathe. Oh yeah, well, yeah, Gavari knows exactly what they need. Yeah. So yeah, why not? Yeah. I love that Dorian Maldivar was watching a media chip in his head and he kept complaining about that. the Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> because that's exactly the sort of humour that's dropped in other episodes, but not as cleverly as this. You're it's right. terribly it, shit yeah. and it breaks the scene. Mm. But this one was just bellissimo. I think yeah. this, this episode did incredibly well at doing very, very poignant moments followed by like very humorous moments. It was a busy day and I got beheaded. <laughs> <laughs> That was a good line. <laughs> but yeah, there's it, uh, quite a few points it made me laugh out loud. And I already told you it made me cry. And it just, yeah, it's kind of swung from one to the other without ever missing a beat. I really liked that. Yeah. And that is Imperial Period Moffat trademark. I mean, I know we have been revising our opinion of Moffat's Imperial Period as we've gone along, but I thought that this was pretty close to the top. Can I play Devil's Advocate for a second? <gasps> Go for it. Why else are you here? <laughs> <laughs> for the record, I also love this episode. Okay. 
Did you also get slight vibes of... It's a double feature, though. I can only remember one of them. The Pandorica... Opens in the Big Bang. Big Bang. Thank you. Yes, yeah. I'm thinking about this because you have the universe disintegrating, obviously, and you have sort of time doesn't really work. Romans and Cleopatra. Romans. I was going to say Romans. Yeah, I forgot about Cleopatra. You have an explosion which something is at the epicenter of. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Not reusing his ideas at all. And you have just myriad aliens coming together and the Doctor is at the heart of it. Like, oh, if we just take the Doctor out of the equation, then we're going to save the universe. That's what the aliens think in Pandoric and here they're thinking the same, except instead of locking him up, we're going to kill him. What's your point? Saying it's conceptually too similar. Maybe a little bit derivative. Mm. Is it not? I think it's a good remix. (laughs) Enough variables. (laughs) (laughs) They they changed the tempo. Everything's all right. Tambourine. (laughs) (laughs) Tambourine. Which one's better? Which Which one really captures that urgency better do we not need to wait for ratings to find this out i don't know without rating it without giving <laughs> it a score where did this where did this one succeed where pandorica failed and where did this one fail well where did this one not live up to the heights i think this one was i felt this one was more emotional okay um than the pandorica I think, is this more personal? Uh, yeah. Perhaps. That's probably true, actually. It's, it does still boil down to the same four people at the centre, the only people who know what is going on. Yeah. But it also go. It also changes from um, other people wanting to lock up the Doctor to this one. The majority of this episode is him wanting to sacrifice himself. And as we eventually find out, he's not sacrificing himself. He has a plan and he just, nobody will let him get on with his bloody plan. But yes, it stops being a threat from outside and it starts being him saying, let me do this. Uh, This is for the greater good. You will all thank me kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas he's kicking and screaming to not go into the Pandorica and it's the like aliens that are forcing him in there. But that's also because he he knows that that will cost the universe. In in both cases, he wants the best for the universe. Yeah. And he knows that if they put him in the Pandorica, that's not going to save the universe. That's going to destroy the universe eventually. Um, What did we score the Pandorica? So... Okay, I'm glad you asked. Pandorica opens. <laughs> you gave that 3.8. Drew gave that 4.2. I gave that 4.0. Mm. The Big Bang. You weren't on either of these, Jim. I'm sorry. No, but I've seen them. Big Bang. 4.6, Marie. What? 3.7, Drew. 4.6 from me as well. Oh my goodness. Are you kidding me? Wow. That's high. Yeah. 3.8 and 4.6. But, we, but we both went 4.6, so I For guess it must one, have yeah. been the right it must have, call. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, I mean, it's a fantastic <laughs> one, but now I'm wondering, like, can, can it go even higher than oh that? Like, gosh. how is it going to do that? I don't know. Yeah. But I guess this has crammed everything into one episode. It could have been a two-parter easily, but yeah. it also did, it didn't feel rushed. It didn't feel crammed in. No. Jim was just saying that they didn't have enough time for everything. Well, no, he was, say- he was saying there were too many good bits he would have liked them to dwell more on. I see. Like Amy being an awesome kick-ass secret agent with an office on a train. Yeah, that was cool. I would have liked... Really? The office on a train was cool? I loved the office on a train. Yeah, There's too. no snakes on a plane. I really loved the <laughs> office on a train. Um, I would have really liked to have seen Cleopatra. We heard so much about her. She would have been a nice cameo. But then I don't know. We get to play her because River was her last time, so... I feel like oh yeah, she she actually works better as just this kind of in joke. Yeah, maybe everyone always woos her. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, or has fun with her. Yeah, we get to meet Nefertiti at some point. Do we? Yeah, isn't she on dinosaurs on a spaceship? Which is like in a couple of episodes. Really, I think so. Mm. I've waited a long time to drop my negative. Oh, here we go. Oh, this better be a really really sour one. Now. Yes, I am quite sour because I am notoriously unperceptive. Okay. And all sorts of things pass me by, but. Admitting that I have seen this episode seven years ago, 
But with the caveat that my memory is uniformly terrible, I saw the doctor after the Tesselector robot asked, is there anything more we can do? I saw him not quite close the door and the cut happened and thought, yeah, he didn't close that door and that means something. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, Okay, I see that scene and I raise you the previously on Doctor Who. Because in my notes, I've also written the previously (laughs) da-da-da Tesselector kind of gives it away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I hated that. And in fact, it did that, I think, a couple of episodes ago where we also get this random previously on Doctor Who Tesselector. But surely that was just a one episode thing. Oh, no, apparently this is a recurring thing. Well, I wonder if it's going to be the Chekhov's Tesselector. Because that's the thing. When it came (laughs) on, I was like, oh, that's... um, They have just given it away. Um, but then they do the clip where Amy, Amy as the test lecturer is talking about the silence and the question and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, well, maybe you could say it, it's just introducing the topic again. And that was the most appropriate clip they could find. But yeah, as soon as the test lecture came on, I think, well, I, I, I already knew it, what was going to happen, but you kind of try and put yourself it. If you watch it the first time round, does it give it away? And I think it probably would. I suppose that was the point at which I lost all hope that it wouldn't be the Tess Yeah, yeah. I hadn't I really even considered it until the previously on Doctor Who thing. But yeah. at that point, I was just like, well, I assume. So had you not seen this before? I have, but I could not remember, you couldn't remember a it. scene yeah. of it yeah. at all. Yeah. I mean, obviously I knew that he survives, but I couldn't remember how. How, yeah. yeah. I remembered it how, because I... I think I really liked it. I think it's a really nice little, like it still all happens as we see it, but it's the perspective changes. Um, and I also liked the discussion between the doc and River in the suit, which we don't get to see in the first episode. We're seeing it from their perspective on the shore. And so it's really nice to see it up close. And he, he does give a little, very, very subtle little wink. And that's the point I was like, ah, okay. Like, he knows what's happening, and she knows what's happening. You don't think that was some desert sand just blowing into his eye? No, it was a plan. <laughs> it's all planned. Yeah. But that, that was a really nice little moment, because she looked so vulnerable and raw and desperate. And, and then when she didn't shoot him, so smart. <laughs> so pleased with herself. But that, but that was one of the moments I was telling you, like, it was so dramatic and heartfelt and moving, and then immediately it flips, and she's, yeah, it was like really funny and comic and <laughs> she was brilliant in both versions of like river and that yeah I love yeah one. i'm with you with what's, the, what's the actress's name i totally alex kingston alex kingston i love alex kingston she's oh, i just everything today and i just my heart leaps for her yeah this is the best she's been in a while yeah i really liked how napoleon gave the doctor a wine bottle uh, actually <gasps> threw it i'm checking the box so yeah nice. i love that so line. i wasn't, yeah. wasn't sure if that was in the previous episode was that fresh content? I think that was fresh. It was, I think. Yeah. Because yeah. okay. you don't see That's them a having line. a picnic before it. Or maybe you do, but yeah, it's a different scene. The interaction, though, with the Doc and River in the astronaut suit, mm. the reality that we end up with, would that not have played out differently? Because she, she knows, doesn't she? But she we go knows. the way that... Oh, we're the, getting back we to go, this again. Oh, damn it. We go back at the point <laughs> after that's already happened. That so sentence alone has baffled me. <laughs> <laughs> what? She, she's being distraught and she doesn't want to shoot the doctor and she can't help it. The hand's going up. She can't control the suit. It's not her. I love you. And then we get sucked into an alternate universe. And then when we're put back, she's no longer the distraught river. She's the smug river because she can now control it. She can shoot him because she knows he'll survive. It's not the... Well, literally yeah, exactly. at the point yeah. of firing. Yeah. Is that is that how they show it? Or are you feeding a lot into this? Is, is that... Well, they, 
Well, we no, we see it. We see we see really sad river, and then we see her change, and then we go into the other universe. Wait, and I'm really? assuming, yeah. So is it? Is, we go back at the exact second that we left them. So it's it's the kind of not Bill and Ted thing. I don't know what logic it is, but it's it's the spurring of time. It's Back to the Future. It's the spurring of time. It's like a bubble universe. Yeah. So she her decision to not shoot him the first time created the yeah weird paradox thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, then when she comes back, so she chooses to okay. shoot him because she now I'm knows. Buying that. Good. Good. Let's not think about how in the girl who waited, Amy's doing a different thing to what she did previously that made her stay there for thirty-five years. But the second time she got out and changed it, that would have had exactly the same effect. <laughs> what? Let's not think about. That. <laughs> yeah, let's not think about <laughs> that. Not, I think I explained it sufficiently badly that we don't have to think about. Good. <laughs> I drive. Have we talked about the I drive? Yes, the I drive. No, you drive. (laughs) (laughs) Because in the prequel, which we watched just... so-called prequel, yeah. which we watched before this, which is a glorified advert. It really the, is. It wasn't. Show. At the end of that, River turning around with an eye patch on is the big reveal. Mm. And you saw the Doctor with an eye patch at the end of the last episode, I believe, to oh, did we? make it look as if they've been co-opted into the silence. They're mini Kavarians now. Oh, is this but, a next time on Doctor Who? Precisely. Oh, I see. But that is not what happens at all. They're all wearing it voluntarily, and they think they're in control of it, and they're not baddies. So we were just that's fine. flat out misinformed. I like that though. I don't mind that at all. I really? Yeah, I think that's fine. You don't but, feel but, violated. No, not at all. I mean, you don't lose trust in, in the a, show in a good way. But Doctor the, Who lies <laughs> for our own good. But <laughs> the eye drive as a concept was really cool. I thought, mm, yeah, like this thing that just stores the visual memory of something and kind of just loops it back and forth. Oh come and, on! Danger Mouse has been wearing one for thirty years. This is so weird. We talked about Danger Mouse before you arrived. We Drew. literally did, and we <laughs> said how much you love Danger Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> well you know me well (laughs) okay well in general i thought it was a really cool concept and i i like that it's been given some some meaning some actual you know narrative positioning it just it's not just that it looks really cool it does look really cool it's not just a cool thing that she wears it's now yeah now we know why she wears it all of the silence yeah Yeah. she actually has two working eyes yeah yeah exactly does her eye patch change because her one looks different to everyone else's in this episode. Hers is the original, and they had to like cobble together ones based on her design, so they've made it out of something different, presumably. I just kind of felt like their one looked like what she was wearing previously, and oh, her really? one looked different, but maybe I was just... Yeah. Why, if they had to develop some based off hers, why did they give it back to her? They're like, this is yours. <laughs> I mean, we can't keep hold of this. That'd be immoral. It's, it's sculpted to her face. It won't fit anyone else. Might have been it a... basically fell off halfway through the episode. <laughs> they might have scanned it or something. Oh, true. I think that molding effect, that, that's maybe, what makes it look cool. Maybe though. she's no use to them if she can't remember the silencer. Maybe she needs to be wearing it so she can be an informant. Yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, yeah, good idea. Nice one, Ray. So... It's never explained why the silence are turning on Kaverian. Why is that happening? Because I, do they just think they don't need her anymore? Cut their losses. I don't know. Why would? Why have they kept her around for so long? Is she, is she beneath them? I thought she was above them. In the she hierarchy. was the mm. the person who founded the silence, according to Todd's Wikia. Yeah. So what's going on? And why does it go anywhere? Mm. I mean, we don't actually see her die. Amy apparently kills her, but all she's doing is screaming. It's a loose end. 
a loose thread in my mind. Mm. Okay. And it just seems to be like, ah, we can we can throw something extra into the mix and, and that'll ratchet up the tension. But afterwards, no, it's, it just rankles. I sort of like to think that, because I know she's talking to the silence through the eye patch, but I don't know if they can hear her. We've never seen it used as a communication device before. I just sort of think they activated them all and didn't realise that she was in the room wearing one. And it's but not she's a- having a conversation with them. And yeah, she's exactly. like, no, don't t- t- do it to me. No, this is a stupid idea. Why are you doing it? You can clearly hear me. I don't know. Nobody replies to yeah. it. It's, I don't, it's, we don't hear anyone. It's a one-sided, but it doesn't even sound like she's answering someone. It's, yeah, it's not a conversation. She's it's, just it's, begging it them not to. Yeah, I, I thought pleading. it was as well. Yeah. And if they don't answer, then they might as well just think, well, why do we need to answer? We're going to kill her in a moment. We don't care about her anyway. Mm. They don't seem like big conversationalists. Yeah. The Maybe man. they just went off humans for some reason. Can't think why. Nah. <laughs> okay, I don't think we've given full justice to River's speech. Okay. The doctor. Go for it. Where she's talking about a million, million people want to help you. And oh. I may not be able to stop you from dying full stop, but you need to know that you're loved. Yeah. I thought that was a beautiful sentiment. That was lovely. And not one I expected in any way. Yeah. And also, um, going back to the Pandorica, it's almost the same but opposite. So the sky is surrounded by all these people that have congregated <laughs> on this place for the Doctor because they want to destroy him. And this time around, the sky is full of a billion people because they want to help him. Ah, nice. Mm. That is, yeah, that is... Uh, I love that as a parallel. That's very good. Thank you. Okay. Final thing. Okay. I love how stroppy and protective the Doctor is when time is in peril. Oh. Like, he's very single-minded. Uh, River, he does have feelings for River, but he has more feelings for time. He, like- um, he calls her, he says, um, it's embarrassing what you've done. Like, he's very, like, harsh to her. Yeah, when that's he sends Yeah, out you're the, embarrassing sends me. out the distress signal and she says, yeah, and he says, you embarrass me or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because what do you think you're, what do you think this is going to achieve? This will, yeah, this will do not, nothing. There's a chauvinist side to mm. the doctor that's shown in this episode. I mean, that and then the whole wedding ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> no. Mm. This did come up in Let's Kill Hitler. Did when it? as he's dying, he's making faintly, ever so faintly misogynist jokes. Oh, really? I don't remember. Or jokes about, ah, she's a woman, so that's why she does it. Ah, give me a break, I'm uh, there's dying. A, there's a line. Okay, I only have three more bullet points that I haven't checked, and the first one of them is uh, a quote of his. In the beginning, he says, a woman happened yeah, to time. Yeah, what happened to time? A woman. Yeah. yeah. And what is it? Helen High Heels. Yeah. Yeah. Helen High Heels. Oh, I, I missed also, that line. I, yeah. sort of, I sort of liked, and then I sort of hated myself for liking it, because I was like, is this non, not feminist in the... You know, 2019, should I be liking this? But I did like it, so... So yeah. Hell Hath No Fury, it's Hell is a woman scorned. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I like those two things as well, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Let's high five for not being PC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We miss entirely. <laughs> That's terrible. Karma. Let's never Karma. do that again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shall we have super quick ratings and then into Listener Mini Land? Yeah. I hate that fucking rhyme. And now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, la 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 la. Ratings. I've got a number here and I don't know what words to go to back it up. But I enjoyed this episode. That's the main thing. I think it does feel like I feel like there's just a lot of stuff just thrown at me. And I can't quite process all of it as being positive, but most of it worked. I kind of, I kind of enjoyed it a lot when I was watching it, and I, I want it to be a good score to reflect that. But I think I would have liked some ideas to have maybe just 
sidelined, some ideas to be fleshed out better. If they wanted to do a two-parter, I probably would have been happy with that, and it might have given it time to do that kind of thing. So I'm just going to go in with a nice rounding 4.0. Very nice. Respectable. Excellent rating. So I feel in this episode, a lot got thrown at me and I didn't know how to process this. So I decided to love it all. Um, And I thought it was fantastic and I really super enjoyed it. And you know all that anyway. So the main things I enjoyed were the Doctor and River and all their really sentimental moments and the blossoming of their relationship and all the different rivers that we saw in different points of her time stream and realising how it all interconnects and how everything fits together. And she's always in on it. The Doctor always knows what's going on and she always knows what's going on. And I really like that about them. They've always got a plan. It's never just random. There was another line that I wrote down that I really liked when they're talking about time will start moving again. And she says, and then I'll be by our lakeside killing you. Doc says, there isn't another way. And she says, I didn't, I didn't say there was, sweetie. And it's that heartbreaking, like, she knows that she can't save him. She knows that the universe is going to be destroyed, but she can't bring herself to be the one who kills him. It's such a, if you, like, we, you can't put yourself in that situation. None of us can. It's, it's too, you know. It's cruel. It's, but it's, yeah. How do you, how do you behave? Um, so yeah, I just think it's a, it's a really wonderful sort of conundrum that they've put her in. Um, and I really like how that plays out. Um, I really like all the kind of comedy moments as well. I like when the Doc and Churchill are kind of there with the gun and the sword and he's like, oh, I appear to have shot this. Oh, we appear to be defending ourselves. And it just, you know, you don't see anything, but it, they just, yeah, it's really quite a nice comedy moment in the midst of the really kind of dramatic scenes. And yeah, just, I don't know, it got the nice interplay of sad and funny. And I know that you think that that's all that Moffat's good for, but I think he did it very well. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, and I think all, like most of the negatives we've had this podcast have just been kind of little nitpicky things and most of the things that you've gone oh this doesn't make sense we've actually kind of managed to find a way or I have made a way where it does make sense so I won't take any points off it for that I'll take points off the ending because I don't like the Doctor Who being the ultimate question and yeah now that you've told me what I rated Pandora and the Big Bang I'm struggling to remember why the why the Big Bang was so four points eggs so high because <laughs> yeah. it had River in it, it and was, she was great I know, I'm sorry I'm such a broken record <laughs> um, but Sardit River is great um, so yeah I'm going to maybe head to my bets a little bit and go in the middle of those two and I'm going to stick I'm going to give it like a nah give it a 4.5 because <laughs> <laughs> I just really liked it and I'll stop talking now right me next yeah. go for it I thought that Amy's mother-in-law face <gasps> was worth a point by itself that was excellent (laughs) (laughs) the complexity that the chagrin the oh i don't know it was i can't describe it in words it was a great face Mm -hmm. it was marvelous good lines in this episode were like rats you were never more than a couple of minutes or a couple of scenes away from something that just made the whole thing effervescent i thought and perhaps this feeling is heightened following chibnall's first series that just as i said earlier the ambition of this episode to be scary and inventive and iconic all at once you get doctor who episodes night terrors they're just trying to do one thing and they overdo it and they do it badly and this one was scary it has the science they're still scary it had the skulls that was a good jump scare and it did all the other stuff it takes the impossible and we have some fun being shown how it'll get explained away karen gillen was top draw throughout the big problems with me were the device that i didn't want to be the device 
and it was the device. I wanted something cleverer than that. But there's so much more bubble than flat that I'm going to give it a 4.4. Woo! Yes, Drew! (laughs) (laughs) It was a carnival of crazy. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Great review, Drew. (laughs) When we finished watching the episode last night, having very recently, you brought up Chibnall, Drew, having very recently finished that whole season and, and binged a chunk of it, Miriam and I together, her first comment was, oh, this is what Doctor Who was like when it was really, really well written. Mm. And uh, I, I, that's not to push down or, you know, uh, kick Chibnall while he's lying down, but it, it's to really big up this episode. It walked an incredibly good balance between the the wibbly-wobbly humour, the ridiculousness of Doctor Who, and incredible tension and, you know, the epic, the risks that the Doctor is faced with in every Moffat story or certainly finale. I, I loved all the Tommy Wimey bits in the beginning with various characters that we've met throughout Doctor Who so far or in New Who so far, and particularly that they choose someone like Dickens. Mm. Going back to season one of the reboots, it's almost like, you know what, this isn't just a nod to the casual Doctor Who fans. This is for the slightly slightly more loyal among you, the ones who remember the Eccleston year and all that. It's a really nice touch, I thought. The silence was done way better in this one than in previous. I, I mean, the Men in Black, way better, I think, than in previous ones. I had given this a score before we talked about it. I then bigged it up during our conversation. I then pushed it down a little bit, but it's still higher than it was in the first place. And I'm going to give this a 4.2. Yeah! Hey! <laughs> you know what else as well? Is that this series, the docs have been really moody and Moffat just in general leaves a sort of metallic grey storm cloud impression on your brain. But this was so colourful. Mm. It was, yeah. Yeah. And it could it could have been his moodiest episode. He's like, I'm about to die. The whole world is collapsing. And and yeah, it was it felt a lot lighter and more joyful. I mean, this is a this is a Doctor who's potentially walking to his death. Now mm. compare this to Tennant's swan song of mm. walking to his death. Yeah. yeah, never mind that he actually did. But like, regardless, you know. So we all loved it. Let's Shall hear <laughs> what podcast land. <laughs> Oh I'm really worried now if they hated it. Oh, <laughs> Jim the Fish will give it a 0. 0.4. Oh, Jim. <laughs> Listener minis. Now let's hear from Podcast Land. Max 250, or it would get out of hand. Rajaruni and Cheesecakes, we received a handful of Listener minis. Starting off with Trenton Bless. Hello, Trenton. Uh, Trenton has sent in a series overview, uh, a series six overview. So this covers not just this episode, this covers every episode in this season. To read that one, please go to whobackone.com, click on this uh, episode and read it in its full splendor. Thank you very much, Trenton Bless. I will say though, he gives this episode a 2.1. It was underwhelming, according to Trenton. Mm -mm. Trenton, that is low. Yes. Goodness me. Okie dokie. So the first review of this episode comes from Star Wars Sill, Star Wars Sill, Star Wars Sill. Star Wars Sill begins. Dorian says at the end of this episode that the oldest question, the first ever question is, who is the doctor? Except the writer was cutesy about it. Mm. Now, how can this be? 
Given the Doctor is not the first person ever, and presumably people were asking questions before he showed up for the first time? Never fear, I have figured it out. Remember when the Doctor went to go see the oldest writing in the universe and it turned out to be Rivers Graffiti, hello sweetie? Mm -hmm. This is how the original question, the first ever question came to be. The earliest, oh my gosh, Star Wars still, what are you saying? (laughs) The earliest species looked up at that cliff, saw the writing and asked, who the hell is sweetie? Ta-da! Oh my god. That is an genius. You have made my day, Star Wars Silk. But in all seriousness, Star Wars Silk continues, I do love this episode very much. River gets married to a robot with a tiny doctor inside. Spy Amy was excellent. She is my favourite version of her. And Soldier Rory is also excellent. Besides, the angst is spectacular. 4.9 out of 5 happy grins because the episode (laughs) always makes me feel happy inside. Almost like I'm a tiny sill peering out of the eye of a person's size tesselector sill. Oh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that might be my favourite ever review. Oh, of I love that. <laughs> Thank you, Star Wars Sill. That was Thank awesome. Thank you so Thank you much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, please follow Star Wars Sill on Twitter. Star Wars Sill is at Star Wars Sill. <laughs> I have the honour of reading out the next review, and this one's from Michael Ridgeway. Michael has some things he liked. The whimsical, timey-wimey mishmash of stuff. Kind of fun, even if it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Churchy! Love that guy. I'm surprised um, surprised Churchy didn't make an appearance today, actually. I thought he might have popped in. Say hello. Well, do you know what? I was was actually watching this episode thinking, this guy's Churchill voice is inadequate. (laughs) (laughs) I, I actually wish I'd gone back and compared it to how he was in... Victory of the Daleks because I don't think he was putting as much effort into it. It's the same actor. Yeah. Mm. You can tell by his copious chin. Anyway, (laughs) Michael continues, Eye Patch Lady and her goon that gets eaten by skulls. The silence attack in the pyramid was super cool. Mm -hmm. A farewell reference to the Brigadier. We miss you, Nicholas Courtney. The Tesselect twist was satisfactory. I'm just glad we didn't get another Love Conquers All resolution. Oh, yes. I don't think Goodness. my carpet will survive another bout of stomach acid after the vomfests <laughs> of Fear Her 2 and closing time. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael has one large paragraphic beef. It all felt a bit, um, familiar. Like a bunch of previous episodes had been stitched together, along with the flaws of those episodes. My biggest beef being the Doctor allying with the Tesselector crew, although shrinking, then killing murderous shitheads across time and space is undeniably funny. It doesn't really fit with the Doctor's ethos of justice. Mm. And Michael summarises, not a classic, but an entertaining finale, and some very cool bits. I have a soft spot for scenes where human military types are losing gun battles with baddie aliens, a key ingredient to the very best... Seven? Doctor stories and his racing is 2.9 out of 5 chomping cannibal skulls <laughs> lovely review oh, there Michael wonderful. thank you love you Michael love you Michael, love you, Michael. <laughs> please follow Michael on Twitter as well he is at bad underscore movie underscore club you should yes you should next up we have Tracy from America Hello, Tracy. Hi, Tracy. Tracy sends us some assorted thoughts. Am I the only one getting a weird misogynist vibe from the way Matt Smith says, A woman. Like his lip is curling in scorn? In the bar, is he reading Knitting for Girls? He is. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) 
This is a weird, mad, confusing episode. Mashups and mixed-up history, fun music and kooky skulls, twists and turns, and it's also epic and stuff. This doesn't make <laughs> any dang sense, but it looks good, sounds good, and the pacing is spot on. What's up with Matt's hair in this episode? He has the time and the stability to get clean-shaven on the train, but he can't be bothered with the hair? Oh yeah, hey, why did he think he had to die on Earth if he also had to die on Trends of Law? Mm. Oh, sorry. Uh, that's, that's a backup <laughs> Prophecy. Yeah, that, that's, that wasn't in all caps. I just <laughs> realized that we were in the same page club there. Dang, I love this episode, says Tracy. And she gives this a rating of a Roman aqueduct made of the internet. Which is a pretty, pretty spot on rating, frankly. <laughs> wow. Great rating. <laughs> and great review in general. Thank yeah, you, Tracy. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You can follow Tracy on Twitter as well. She is at Yekatnyatnov. That's That's Fountain Fountain Tracy. Backwards almost. (laughs) Tracy also mentioned Matt Smith's hair. They got Charles Dickens back. They also brought Matt Smith's fake beard back. Oh, that's true. That's commitment. (laughs) And our final review is from Jim the Fish. (laughs) Jim. Now, this might bring us back down to earth. Because Jim can starts, wow, I really, really hated that episode. Jim! Jim! Oh my goodness. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love Wait, it. are you talking to me or the fish variety? Both of you. Correct us, Jim. <laughs> they spent an entire season and more building up a mystery and tons of mythology around a central event, then ruined it by resolving it in the cheapest, most uninspired, obvious way. <gasps> nah, it wasn't the flesh. True. <laughs> <laughs> and then just to make matters worse, we hear the worst title drop. No, possibly the worst spoken line of dialogue in the history of television with Maravas saying, Doctor Who. (laughs) (laughs) The reveal about the Tesselector poses more problems for the episode. Everyone watching has already guessed that's probably how he faked his death to the point where it's no longer an interesting question, meaning it was guaranteed to leave viewers disappointed at the very end of the series. The fact that this is then worked backwards into the already baffling climactic scene in the form of Eleven secretly signaling River to see the Tesselector while apparently marrying her means it manages to undercut what's supposed to be the emotional arc of the episode as well. It's sad the Brig is confirmed to be dead, just as we come to the end of Unit being regularly involved in Classic Who. Still, it was better than it could have been, but was nonetheless complete points in a way. The status quo is maintained. And this whacking low score to balance out everything is 1.0 out of 5. I I salute you, Jim the Fish. (laughs) I hope you've listened through our eulogizing long enough to hear that, actually, I sort of agree with you in a lot of ways. (laughs) Thank you so much, Jim. Really, really good stuff. Thank you, Jim. Okie dokie, so what have we got coming up next? The uh, the next episode to drop will be a bonus episode, and it will be the third Doctor retrospective, as we have just finished uh, all of Pertwee's run and are about to start on Tom Baker. And when we do start with Tom Baker, what's up then? It is Robot. Oh, man, I'm so excited. Oh, <laughs> Tom Baker. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Clean up in Isle Leon. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty as charged. Uh, after that, we have the next new episode. It is The Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe. Mm, Christmas mm, special. Christmassy. Right, so thank you so much for listening. Until the next time, you can say hi to us online. Jim, you are. Jimmy the Who. 
Marie, you are. Not online. Drew, you are. At Drew back when. Excellent branding. And I am at Ponkin. We'll rebrand. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for listening. You've been a lovely audience. Until the next time, rock on and cha-chao. See ya. Toodle pip. Bye-bye. Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends! But I've got no friends! No problemo, tell some strangers! Hooray! Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when. All in one word. Are you into Twitter? Awesome! High five us online and we'll high five you right back. You guessed it, we're at who back when. All in one word. Check us out on Instagram for behind the scenes photos and other Whovian goodness. Watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube. That's whobackwhen.com slash YouTube. Vote us up on Reddit, listen to us on Stitcher, and head on over to our website, whobackwhen.com, where you can submit a review of your own, browse the article archives, and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters, and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, ciao. Who back when?